You know how at the Obsessed Network offices, you, me, Steve, Natalie, we're all making friendship bracelets for Obsessed Fest? Yes. Everybody coming to Obsessed Fest gets a bracelet. Yes. We were making them at home this weekend. This morning, Daisy asked if she could wear one to school, and I was like, sure. She goes, Daddy, where's the one that says Chardonnay all day? <laughs> so I put it on her. I was like, oh, it's right here. And then she's brushing her teeth, and she's about to walk out the door. I'm like, oh. You can't wear that to school. Yes, she can. How funny is that? I took it off and she went back and got Indigo Girls Liberty. Okay, great. Happy Pride! (laughs) Speaking of Pride, I made friendship bracelets while watching the Tonys. How fucking gay is that? It's my favorite thing. I cannot wait to hand these out. Oh, my God. Hi, Julian Benzavalli. Hello, Patrick Hines. Fam, we are on the road. We're doing our tour. I got to tell you, I'm warning, warning, warning. Some cities are getting really low and close to selling out. Denver, July 13th at 8 o'clock, very close to selling out. Chicago, July 15th, also very close to selling out. And then we're in D.C., Seattle, L.A., and New York City closing it down on August 26th. So get your tickets if you want to come and see us. It's crazy. We're doing the jinx. It's the best. We're having a grand old time. Also, please join us on the Patreon. Over 350 full ad-free bonus apps. You get them all the second you sign up. I mean, instantly. That's yeah. not a joke. It's like you sign up and it's like, hey, welcome. And then you, they throw, they kind of throw like 400 episodes. Out. I mean, it's just, it's all right there. Yeah, it's right there. All right, girl. What are we talking about today? Oh, good grief, Charlie Brown. We are talking about the hatchet-wielding hitchhiker on Netflix. I got some issues. I have some Will notes. we? Have you heard about Kai, the hitchhiking hatchet hero? This dude went from this heroic, beautiful person to wanted for murder. An absolute bizarre scene here in West Fresno. A man plows his car into a PG&E worker, pinning him against his truck. Two women are trying to help him. He runs up and he grabs one of them, man. So I ran up behind him with a hatchet. Smash, smash, smash. Most people that are heroes are not homeless people. There was something funny about him and kind of cute and sweet and innocent. He has such an endearing quality. There's so much charisma. If you're going to glorify someone, you better know who you're glorifying. Kai, the hatchet-wielding hitchhiker, he's been arrested for allegedly taking the life of a man in New Jersey. So bad! All right, look, we're getting started. It's February 1st, 2013. We're in Fresno, California. We sure are. We meet our, our main narrator. His name is Jessup Reisbeck. Yeah, he's a reporter. What a name. Yeah. Jessup. With a B. I know. Jessup. Jessup. Hey, Jessup. Jessup. Um, he's a good storyteller. He's a good narrator. He was there really for the very beginning of this whole story. He's also like, this is neither here nor there, but I'm just oh pointing out. No, he's just gotten into shape because like yeah. when the story starts, he's like a little, young buck, you yeah. know? And he's like, or like early in his news career and now he's sitting in front of us. He's like a muscle god. He's wearing one of those sort of like gray white suits that uh-huh. a very small number of people can get away with. He just looks real good, but he I want to say, he tells us. It's February 1st, 2013. I had been tabbed to report news that day. I was a sports anchor and reporter. And for whatever reason, we were short on news reporters. So this was literally my first day covering news. And it turned out to be, man, something else. Jessup, what did you think you were signing up for right, as a reporter? He paints a picture, picture yeah. it. He was at work <laughs> and he's like, there's been a bad car accident. It yes. comes through the scanner and someone has been pinned between a car and Oof. what they call a utility vehicle. Yeah. I Googled it. It's a truck of some kind. It's not always an SUV. I'm not okay. an expert. But I was like, a utility vehicle. <laughs> what if you were somehow an expert on utility vehicles? I promise vehicles? you I'm not. I'm not an expert on anything <laughs> I, I talk know. about. Um, but the driver is screaming these horrible things. The driver who pinned this person against the vehicle yes! is screaming these horrible I'm things. I'm Jesus Christ. All this, I'm going to say something horrible. No, don't it's, say I'm it. not going to say it. They're just horrible racist things that this man is screaming that horrible. we're not going to oh, repeat. God. Jesus. This is when Jessup tells us he's a sports reporter. He's like, this is my first day. Right. Oh they, my were, God. they were low on reporters, so I guess very busy news <laughs> day. So he's covering the story. Everyone's out Does covering God knows Everybody in the world want to be a reporter? How are they low on them? Uh, I don't know. Busy news. Lots going on in Fresno, <laughs> I guess. I just feel like I went to college with like 800 journalism majors. Uh-huh. Where are they all now? Who, are they all TV? on television? Maybe, no, or the no. internet? Whatever. So this is like trial by fire because yeah. it's his very first day covering the actual news, not just the sports news. And he's like there and he's in it. And so the guy who was driving the car who pinned this person, the person is black right. against like into this utility truck, screaming racial things at this person. Then innocent bystanders are jumping up trying to help 
help, trying to like get this man to leave this person alone, trying to save that person's life. Because he did it because like the person driving the car pinned him because he's black. Like this is a racist hate crime, horrible fucking thing that's happening. And so now other bystanders are trying to pull this. Also, the guy who pinned the person with the car is like six foot four, 325 pounds or whatever. He's huge. And also just full of rage. Like that, that adds strength, unfortunately. So he's just out of his mind. And so people are trying to attack him to get him off this person. He puts some like bystander lady in a bear hug and is squeezing her like, like a boa constrictor. Someone who's trying to help. Yeah. He starts choking her, and then uh-huh. out of the clear blue sky, you have to say it. All hell breaks loose <laughs> because the like someone walks up and attacks the driver who's attacking this bystander who's yes. trying to help the other black guy who has been attacked. Yeah. So the big guy is like trying to kill this other woman <laughs> and this like kid, this like skinny beanpole of a kid with a fucking hatchet. Yeah. I look over the guy's pin there. Buddy gets out and these two women are trying to help him. He runs up and he grabs one of them, man. Like a guy that big can snap a woman's neck like a pencil stick. So I fucking ran up behind him with a hatchet. Smash, smash, smash. Smash, smash, smashing. Smash. Smashing the guy on his head. And it like breaks. Basically, he saves this woman's life. Right. So we don't see any of that. Thank God. Yeah. Right. But we're here. Until later when we see the graphic photo. The graphic photo. I mean. It's a hatchet. It's, it is a hatchet. Holy shit. Yeah. So we're only here. We get here when Jessup gets on the scene. Yeah. Because <laughs> little he's baby here. Jessup. Little teeny tiny baby Jessup. This is only 10 years ago. I know. He's grown up a lot. He, I'm telling you, like, he found the gym he for sure. Good. Yeah. And, but he just also, you know, people, there was someone that I went to high school with where everyone was like, when they grow into themselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It like, doesn't always work out that way. It doesn't way, always <laughs> work. But sometimes people are just like, oh, you've hit your stride uh-huh, at, uh-huh, in 2023. Uh-huh. Like, fuck yeah. You know, you know what? 2023 is going to be my year. I'm still waiting. Now, when you guys see me on Twitter this year, tell me I hit my stride just so I can feel like I did. Striding in your homosexuality. Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. I have to stop eating pizza in my homosexuality. No, you shouldn't. (laughs) I have to live, Jillian. My kid's going to live to be... I got to live until she's in her 40s. we're not food shaming here. Okay, okay, but I could eat less pizza. Uh, Disagree. The minute this guy is on camera, he starts talking directly to the audience. The guy with the hatchet who comes and saves this woman. Because what happens, like, the biggest stroke of luck in Jessup, the reporter's life. Remember, this is his first day. They're saying, like, this guy with long hair attacked the guy with a hatchet. And then he sees the guy with the long hair and the hatchet, like, across the street. So Jessup runs Runs. over to get an interview with this kid. And it works. And as soon as the camera's in his face, he's like, hey, just giving everyone, like, affirmations. Like, before I say anything else, I want to say no matter what you've done, you deserve respect. Even if you make mistakes mistakes you lovable and it doesn't matter your look skills or age or size or anything you're worthwhile no one could ever take that away from you true like nice things that everyone is kind of like i it's am true. worthwhile I no one can take that away from me you're right hatchet wielding person who are you it's true but it's also like i'm sorry it's the first glimpse we have into this kid's unhingedness yes because not only we're gonna learn later and they, they really go to like great lengths to drive this home like he's kind of on a high from the act of violence that yes. he's just performed and no one's really talking no about one it. really taught because at first it's like oh my god you saved this lady's life and now you're speaking goodness and truth and lovey-dovey and it's great. But they're not realizing that he's kind of manic from having just performed this like feat of violence. That he very much enjoyed. Exactly. Because the thing is, Jessup and everyone was probably like, where's the hero? Where's right. the, And like, they're already introducing that. Like, they're treating him like a hero. And he saves this woman's life. Like, there's For no sure. question, right? And that, that's the dichotomy here that you kind of have to wrestle with that the documentary doesn't really wrestle and with. And that's why I have notes. He does do good things, but he also gets off on the violence of it all. And so... We'll get into it. Yeah. So he tells the story of what happens, right? right? And he says, he ran up with a hatchet and then he does, I miss this whole viral thing. Same. But he does the sound bite that goes viral, which is smash, smash, smash. smash. And so Terry Woods, camera person, blown <laughs> away by this guy. Blown <laughs> away. Can't even believe that he gets to live at a time where this guy is alive and has a hatchet. He can't, he's like how lucky he is, counting his lucky stars. The person, the hatchet-wielding hitchhiker, his name is Kai. I'm Kai. Kai, can I get spelling for you? Straight out of Dogtown, K-A-I. K-A-I, do you have a last name? No, bro, I don't have anything. (laughs) 
I don't have anything. But the way he says it is endearing. He's like, yeah. I don't know. He says it with a smile. He's like, I'm just an unhoused person. But like they describe him as sort of like charming, unhoused, cute kid. Well, because he keeps saying like he's from Dogtown, which I think is, it's I a believe. Skating reference. Yeah, it's like Venice Beach. Not like Beach. roller skating. <laughs> like no, it's like where sk- like skateboarding became really popular yeah. and surfing and stuff. And so like he just is sort of like the I guy. I looked that up. I didn't know that. I was like, you oh, keep you saying Dogtown. Why are oh, you talking yeah. about <laughs> Again, no expert. Is that the name of your hometown? No. No, no, no. It's where escape. There's a whole movie about yeah, it, like documentaries about yeah, it, yeah, and there's yeah, a whole thing. Yeah. So Kai saves this woman's life. Yes. The original victim is still alive, and the racist is in police custody. So, like, everyone lived th- in yes. this in this tragedy, and, like, Jessup is saying, like, miraculously, no one has life-threatening injuries. And this is the first time we hear that, like, People cannot understand that Kai doesn't want to just be on camera all the time uh-huh. because he everyone wants to talk to Kai and he bails. He's not into it because he did this interview with Jessup. And now, like all these other local reporters are chasing Kai down the street. And even Jessup is like, this guy is charming. Jessup yeah. cannot stop talking about how charismatic Lightning in a he is. bottle. He's so perfect. I know. And like Kai just doesn't want to be on camera anymore, which just makes everybody want to get him on camera even more. And this is only like in Fresno. Yes. Like th- no one else knows local unless news. you were there. There, right? Yeah. So that night. That night, I decided that I wanted the world to see the entire interview, the, the six plus minutes of interview, because up until this point, people had only been able to see the minute and a half piece that I put on the news. So I put it on YouTube, I clicked upload, and then I went to bed. He goes to sleep. He wakes up the next day. It's like viral beyond belief. Now, what Jessup, I think, does understand and I appreciate about him is that nothing like this is ever going to happen to him ever again. Jessup has gotten, for him, the scoop of the century. It's his first day on the job. These are the kinds of stories you hear about. Yeah. He got the one interview with, like, the super charming, charismatic, unhoused guy who's, like, kind of attractive and also weird, but in a cool, kooky, zany way. And he's a hero. And he's a hero. And so, like, when he wakes up in the morning and it's gotten, like, 500,000 likes and shares and views and whatever, Jessup is like, my world is about to change. And he's right. And it could change for Kai. Like, this could really change his life if people didn't want to exploit him, which everybody wants to do. And that's the thing, is that, like, I have so much to say about this, especially at, like, certain points. If people... People loved Kai for being Kai, and part of what makes Kai Kai is that he doesn't want fame. And he doesn't understand it. Yeah. Like, he just doesn't get it. And so, like, I completely miss this. Yeah, Which is weird to say because I'm sure I saw it because seemingly everybody did. I have some vague memory of the Hatchet, but I thought he was the bad guy. It wasn't until I, like, saw the documentary that I was like, oh, Hatchet Wheeling was a good thing in this moment. Yeah. I was thinking, I even asked Mike, I was like, do you remember this? Because, like, we watched Colbert. Like, I was like, maybe I saw it. But I have no, it never sunk in like I didn't have any memory of it. But it feels weird to say that I didn't know about it because the way they present it is that like everybody Everybody knew. knew. But I just have no memory of it. Yeah. And I think they might be overblowing that a little bit. Maybe. But anyway. So Brad Mulcahy works for Jimmy Kimmel Live. Oh my God. And his job is finding human interest stories. So I have this like note here that like this is a job I would have loved. My job is to find interesting stories or interesting clips and bring them to rehearsal or email them to Jimmy or to track down what Jimmy likes. And then I try to find that person to get them on within 36 hours. So he'll bring a story to Jimmy. Jimmy, yeah. If Jimmy will say, no, 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 yes. Yes. That one, you have 36 hours to book the guy on the show. I want him here on Wednesday. Yes. We're going to meet a bunch of producers here, yeah. all of whom have varying motives for wanting to be involved. If they're just on the spectrum of exploitation. 100%. Some of them aren't trying to be exploited, well, but some of them let, are. Let's, let's start by telling you that Lisa's like, claim to fame is that she worked on the Kardashians. No, no, no. It was a privilege. <laughs> she had the, quote, privilege yeah, yeah, yeah. of working on keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> but what Lisa says, and like, it's so problematic and it's problematic because she doesn't know it's problematic. Yeah. She's like, what's so interesting to us, because this production company who makes Keeping Up With The Kardashians is very, very interested in making a reality show with Kai. They've seen one video of him and they want to make a reality show with him. Right. And she's saying like, what's, no, these are her words. What's interesting to us about Kai is that most people who are heroes aren't homeless people. And she goes, I want to exploit him like everybody else. But the problem is, and I quote Lisa, how do you find someone who's homeless? Like, that's part of like the 
chase yes. for them. Somebody at one point says, like, the chase is on. Like, it's, it, I hate it so much. And everyone is talking about how they track him down. And they're, like, calling Jessup because he's the guy. Yes. And he, they say, like, oh, he's the gatekeeper. And he is not giving Kai's contact information out. Right. So they're, like, trying to find him on Facebook. And, like, Jessup is the only person who can contact Kai. And he does. I just want to pause here and say, like, so now we've got Brad from The Kimmel Show and Lisa from the reality TV production company all trying to find Kai. It is the part of, like, the TV LA industry thing that makes me the most crazy. They cannot imagine a world where there's a person who doesn't want to be on Kimmel they can't and believe doesn't it. want to be on a reality show. No one's watching this through the through to the end. Or Nobody. that it would be bad for them to do it. Or, like, what is this kid's mental health situation that he is living in, in like, an unhoused yeah. life and that he is attacking a guy he just has a hatchet on? Like, no one is, th- like, it's just, I guess it, it's so obvious, but no one is thinking about Kai. It's very short-sighted yes. and all about money and just, at least the Kimmel guy is like, hey, we'll put him up for a little bit. He'll have a cool experience on yes. Kimmel, whatever. But this, like, to immediately go to, like, reality show uh-huh. seems so, like, oh, well, my God. Because also what's about to happen is that Kai is going to, from the very minute he meets all of these people, he's going to tell them exactly who he is. Uh, sh- and show them, tell them. try to look past it because they see dollar signs. Yeah. It's so gross. So Jessup has his email. Subject blowing up. Hey, bro, we'd love to do an interview with you about all the craziness going on around the internet and the world about you. The people want to hear from you, and we'd love to be the one that brings it to them. Hope all is good. Stay safe. Everybody was trying to get a hold of him. I mean, this was a manhunt. First of all, I love that an email opens with, hey, bro. Hey, bro. <laughs> the hey, bro Jessup. of it all. I Jessup. Know. But he's just trying to say to him, like, you have a lot of opportunities coming your way. Like, if you want it, I just want to let you know about it. And so Jessup is like, let's do a follow-up piece. Me and you will go to the park, like, wherever you want to go, because and we'll Jessup just do another interview. Because Jessup also knows, like, like, Good Morning America, everybody, international news is calling Jessup trying to get to Kai. Right. And Jessup was like, fuck that. I'm going to get, like, I, I've got the scoop here. Right. Jessup is seeing, like, a future for him in this, too. Sure. And he's also, like, to his credit, I guess, he's not like, so then we'll take it and blow it. It's like, no, we'll go to the park and talk for another 10 minutes. Yes. Like, he's, I I mean, he's giving the people what they want, obviously. He's making a name for himself. But at least he's sort of letting Kai be who he is. Yeah, and so, like, Kai gets the email, and then Jessup says, finally, he used someone's phone at a gas station and called me back. I was super stoked. Jessup. The bro of it all. (laughs) Stoked. He's trying to, like, speak the Dogtown language. I see Jessup. Know your audience. I get you. But so, like, Kai tells him where he is, and Jessup, like, hops in his car and, like, drives up there. They get to the neighborhood. They see him, like, crossing the street. They It's one of those, like, go, 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 go. (sighs) They jump out of the car, cameras rolling, to, like, pounce on Kai in a park. I don't understand how no one is reading the room. There are certain people in this world where the more you make a big deal, the smaller they get. And no one is realizing that that's what's happening. So what Kai does is he tries to like use every opportunity when he's on camera to say things that are important to him and Uh bring awareness to things. So he's on camera. When he's speaking coherently, which isn't all the time. So he's here with his friend Joan and he's like, well, Joan is here. I mean, she's not necessarily participating in this, right. but he's, like, sitting near her. She's another unhoused person. And he explains, again, like, Kai's version of the story is that, like, she had just had a gun pulled on her by some, quote, policy enforcers, and it's ridiculous, and it's a vulgar display of power. And, like, yeah, like, that shit happens all the time. Yeah. So he he has these very, very, very strong beliefs, and, like, he wants to only talk about that on camera. He doesn't give a fuck about the Kardashians. He has, no. like, something to say, yes. and he wants to say it. And also, Jessup is so dazzled by like the potential celebrity of it all that he's not like thinking or seeing clearly but his cameraman says I think the biggest difference between (laughs) seeing him in the viral video and being around him in person was that he was a loose cannon felt like his energy was just a little bit crazy he just had some weird energy around him that was like you didn't know what he was going to do next being around him was a little unsettling. And this is the first person we hear say that. And wh- this is a moment where, like, he's fucking famous now. Yeah. Like, w- we kind of blew right past it, but the, the numbers on how viral he was. Yes. It was he was auto-tuned. He was in every, he was everywhere. Yeah. For, like, that week or two, he was everywhere. He was super famous. But he doesn't understand that. And so, like, they tell him, 
hey, like, what does it feel to go viral? And he, with no sense, like, he isn't making a joke. He hears the word viral, and he's like, what? I'm not a virus. I'm Kai. Uh-huh. And it was in that moment where I was like, oh, he's so out of his element. And this is where it starts to be like, they're not laughing with him. They're laughing at him. Yes. They want to see the freak yep. and put him on, like, uh, their words. I'm not saying that, but, like, they want to see, like, look at this alien. Yeah. Let's see what happens if we put him on TV. Let's see. And it's so fucked up. And what's crazy is that, like, no, this whole documentary takes place over a three-month period. Yeah. He goes from being super famous and saving that woman's life to being on trial for murder in three months. And sent to prison. And sent to prison. So they've done the the second interview, and now they need B-roll. And so Kai's like, hey, there's a music store up the block. Like, let's go there, and I'll, like, sit and play the guitar. He sits down to play the guitar. Jessup talks about it like like he's discovering Kurt Cobain or something. They can't believe. The talent, the charisma, the lyrics, the performance. It was phenomenal. A breathless kiss listen through the door You got that shiny light of light in your eyes You're the sunset that brings a twilight Soft orange kisses fall on misses He's got his blinders on because he's not that good. He's fine. He's fine. You know what I mean? He's like any cute college kid sure. in the Boston Common sitting down playing the guitar. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like Anyway, here's Wonderwall. I know. <laughs> They tell him, like, Jessup says, he says a bunch of words that that Kai doesn't even understand. The producers of the Kardashian reality show want to give you a show. Kai doesn't get it, right? So he's not interested. And he's like, all I want to do is go back to the Bay Area and smoke weed. I really don't care. And the producers can't understand why he's not excited. And it's like, you're not trying to understand him. You're just trying to exploit him. And this is where I have, in all caps, in red, with a period after every word. And this is where it should have ended. Yes. Listen, I've been to enough meetings in LA that have gone nowhere to yeah. know that like this shit never works out. It's nothing you know I mean? until it's something. Right. And I so say it all the time. You cannot force this person to be somebody that you there's so many people out there who want it. Yes. That you cannot force this person who doesn't want it, but you want to want it to right. want it. It's even if Kai were his mental health was totally in check. He had a place to live. He had a car he could get to set. He wasn't struggling with addiction, which we're right. gonna learn that he absolutely is. Right. Even if all of those things that are true about him weren't true, if he doesn't want to do this, you cannot make him do it. But also what they'd say is, yeah, but he's not the hatchet-wielding hitchhiker. Right. The fact that it started with the hatchet is what they want. And right. so they're just focusing on that and trying to fit everything into their narrative because Lisa from the Kardashians says... At this point, everybody wants to get a hold of Kai, so Jessup says, hey, listen, like, Kai's willing to, you know, do something with you, but also Kimmel Show wants him, so, hey, that's gotta be good for us, like, if we're really onto something. If the guy that we want to make a show with is then going to be on Kimmel, it can only make him more popular. So that's got to be good for us. So then when we trick him into doing this reality show, he'll be even more famous than he already is. More money for me. That's what she says. She breaks it all down. I just, I cannot. Like, do they hear themselves? I know. And I I cannot believe that. What do you think set life is going to be like with him, Lisa? You think he's going to show up on time? You think he's going to do what you say? They're about to learn. Uh, Exactly. But they're about to see, but they don't learn. They don't. You know what I mean? They they witness him saying no in a hundred different ways over and over and over again, and they don't learn. And like, this is a person who's struggling with real mental health issues, and they make it so much worse. They make it And it ends in murder. Right. And no one's holding the LA people accountable for any of it. No, they just keep ignoring him. Yeah. And sort of like stringing him along because like he says, he was like, I won't do this. I just want weed. And they're like, okay, we'll give you weed. Yeah. Sure. A a limo full of weed, she says. And then, so they're just sort of like just inching the carrot, like inching the piece of cheese further down the line to get him to like follow in the maze. And also he's got nowhere to sleep tonight. Like you're going to put him up. Great. One more day. Like it's so manipulative. Yeah. So Kai's like, fuck yeah, I'm in. So he doesn't have any ID, so he can't get on a plane. Oh my God. So they need to physically drive him to all of these places. Yeah. So JR is a producer and Kai's handler. No. I like JR. JR seems to be the only person we meet in this documentary who has any real sense of like, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Well, because the first time he meets Kai, he says, talk about periods in between everything. He goes, he is intoxicated. Because they got him hammered on the way to try to convince him to do whatever is put in front of him, to sign any piece of paper. They just got him wasted. So he reeks of beer. He reeks of weed. And, And JR says... I had no idea who this Kai guy was, so I watched the viral YouTube video and I realized, gosh, I guess he's got some endearing qualities, but he also just made the news for bludgeoning somebody over the head with a deadly weapon. 
isn't he only famous because he only almost killed a guy with a hatchet? Is no one talking about that part of it? Like, right. JR is the only one who's seeing any of this clearly. And so they shove a contract in his face. and Which he takes 10 minutes to sign and he signs. So they're saying, look, he's going to go on Jimmy Kimmel tonight. Before, and we're going to, we're the production company. We're going to get him there. But we need, he's going to be even more famous than he already is. We need this contract signed for this reality it's show. So now, it's so gross. And like JR says, it took him 10 minutes to sign it. And he signed it in hieroglyphics. And JR's like, I guess we have our contract. How in the world would that be legally binding? It wouldn't. It wouldn't be. Absolutely They don't even have a show yet. They're just having Kai basically sign his life over to them. They don't even know what the show is yet. It doesn't matter. They don't care. It's so disgusting. Lisa has an inkling of an idea of what the show would be. Her words are, We weren't really sure exactly what the show was going to be, but I think what people saw at my company was that Kai could be a gateway into a world that we never saw. Homeless people living happily on the streets. Where homeless people are living happily on the streets. Fuck off, Lisa. And she just doesn't hear herself, you know? You were in the Kardashian bubble, first of all. Like, so how out of touch are you? It's just, like, there's a difference between, like, van life people who are, like, (laughs) traveling nomads who, like, have a place to go at the end of the night and people who are just suffering, even if, like, Kai doesn't look like it, but he is suffering. Yeah. Sit down with him for two minutes and you would get to know him on a human level for five seconds and you would see that. Yeah. I don't mean to speak for the entire unhoused community, but I don't imagine there's enough people who are thrilled to be living on the streets that you can make a TV show out of it. Right. Not to quote the Kardashians, but Kim, there's people that are dying. I know. Like that, Lisa, wake it's up. It's also just so, so exploited. It's so, and it's so clear, like, you were all having these meetings and having yeah. these conversations and no one said, whoa, we have to listen. Oh, whoa. Right. I mean, what kind of vacuum must you be living like, in in that production Even company? as you're explaining yeah. something that somebody else said, I'm feeling like, oh, dude, that's gross. I know. Like, I have to, like, what? I know. I know. I know. Uh, so, and Jessup warns them. He and Because Je- Jessup isn't part of this reality thing. He's up in Fresno. He's covering the sports. Jessup is like the original guy that found him. Right. Who was supposed to be covering the football team or whatever. <laughs> right. And like got, yeah. sort of also got thrown into <laughs> yeah, this yeah, yeah. as well in his own way. He's like, I have to tell you something. This person is exhausting. He's a lot of work. Yeah. It's not going to be easy. I, it's not going to be worth it. It's not safe. Nope. I, I I strongly, I know I'm just the sports guy up in Fresno. <laughs> I'm getting hotter every day. But like, I urge you. Yeah. Do not do this. They do it anyway. They do it anyway. Of course they do. They go to Los Angeles. And the, these people are so stupid. They take him to the worst place you could take a, a guy like this. And I just mean because he's going to be himself. And he does. He's, they take him to the Roosevelt Hotel, which they tell us is where Marilyn Monroe used to live and where they used to hold the Oscars. You need to get this guy to a safe place if you're trying to get him to the Kimmel show tonight. And it's also the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which is tourist central. Yeah. So he gets out of the car and within 30 seconds, people are driving by and they're saying smash 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 so i'm just standing there i'm not watching him he's an adult lisa comes back around the corner and i could see her and she looks at me and she stops kai has his pants pulled down and he's urinating on julio iglesias's star directly in front of this hotel he's peeing on julio iglesias's Leave star julio out of this international superstar julio iglesias <laughs> what how dare julio you iglesias do to you <laughs> he only sold a zillion records i know and lisa had said to brad look look i've been with him for 26 hours i gotta go park the car can you watch him for two minutes and brad's and like, brad's oh, like oh, sure. sure he doesn't and he's like he's a grown adult i don't actually have to watch him two seconds later brad. he's pissing on julio iglesias and so they finally wrangle him and get him and no one was like we're pulling the plug on uh-huh. this no one was like let's just get him to kimmel because the kimmel thing is separate from the reality show thing yes so the rea- just to be clear the reality show people have now sort of taken over getting him to Kimmel right because if he's on Kimmel he'll get more famous and it'll help everybody yes. their words so that's why they're involved here so they get him upstairs he goes straight to the minibar he is downing Jack Daniels like it's water and like Lisa says these are not airplane size bottles these are regular like bar size bottles and he cracks it open and he's drinking it from the bottle and he's trashing the room he's just going crazy he's just he's a person that is suffering and yeah. it's just what they're doing to him is just so awful and like it's uh, sensory overload too like yes. so he's in this car and he's fucked up they like plied him full of beer on purpose right so he'd sign his life away and he's just like he's just so it's just not okay if you yeah. haven't seen a picture of this kid he also weighs 130 pounds yeah you know what i mean yeah and he's drinking jack daniels straight from the bottle and it's like have you given him a meal they do try to get him food they take him down to the lobby of the roosevelt hotel to like go to the restaurant or whatever he like gets on his skateboard he's skating through the lobby and security just throws them all out all of them kai the crew the producers 
And one of them is like, they don't even know how he was peeing all over the Walk of Fame. I know. They don't even know about that part. Also, I'm like, I gotta go to the Roosevelt Hotel next. I'm in LA. I know, we have it to Sounds go. so fancy. I'm not staying there when I'm go- when we're gonna be there in no, August. No, let's go for a drink. Marilyn okay. Monroe used to live there, you say? Okay, on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I know. Packed. <laughs> so they kick everybody out, and Kai's like, cool. And then he took off running ahead of us and pulled out a huge knife and th- tried to throw it into the ground. Okay, like, it's a little scary. Like, you know, at first we, we were intrigued by Kai and finding him and all that stuff. And now we're kind of like, is, is, are we okay? And everyone's like, okay, this is scary now. But, like, once again, not, not only do they not, like, say, we're going to pull the plug in this, get this kid some help, and yes. go on with our lives. Producer Lisa's like, you know what? I'm going to take him home with me. Because she has to get him to Kimmel. She has to get him airtime because it's good for everybody. I just said, how is this allowed I in your job? You should get fired just for doing this. Yeah. For a number of reasons. Any kind of, like, sexual assault claim he might have against you, mm-hmm. or he might murder you in your sleep. We don't or, know. Like, they're, they're, how is this? It is so... So completely, they've just decided that this kid is really unwell enough that like what they've been through today. And she's like, rather than getting him some help and going on with her life, she takes him home. You know why? Because it's fucking great TV. I know. That's what she says. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so she, it's just the two of them. And the, she wants to keep him there so, like, no one else gets to him. Yep. She can have eyes She's on him. She's willing to die for that. She you know what I mean? She can make sure he gets it to Kimmel, which isn't even her show. I know. So that she can make this <laughs> yet think, unnamed reality show that is never going to happen. Do you think Jimmy Kimmel saw this and was like, what? Wait, that was had the whole time? <laughs> you did what? I mean, maybe. I know. I can't imagine. I mean, th- those late night shows, it's like, you, you forget about it. You're like, goldfish I don't. forget about everything immediately so she according to lisa he's a perfect gentleman she's like he was fine he played guitar but in the same breath she's like Ugh. but however thinking there definitely was something kind of dangerous about him and i'm like lisa i mean you're willing to die to make another card what is going on but then we don't know because now it's february 11th 2013 10 days after going viral all we're of only a sudden, 10 days into it we're you, only 10 days fam, in. doesn't it feel like we've been doing this for a year yes <laughs> We don't know why Lisa's done with Kai. She doesn't explain. She's yeah. just done. She yeah. goes, Brad can have him, take him, do whatever he wants. <laughs> totally. And I'm like, what the fuck happened, Lisa? I know. What I mean, happened? Can you imagine 10 days with him? He's throwing knives. He's drinking booze out of the... I can't... He's pissing on everything. On I cannot everything. imagine it. So Kai arrives at Jimmy Kimmel. He's peeing once again. He gets out of the limo and he's pissing on the Jimmy Kimmel sign. Yeah. Everyone goes crazy. It's very annoying. It's annoying. It's disrespectful. It's also disgusting. It's disgusting. And like, he he's like, oh, sorry. But uh, what I think is happening is that everyone's like looking at him about what he's going to do. Uh-huh. And I think he's just reacting. Like one, he's unmedicated. He's manic. He's going, but it's also sensory overload. He's never had anything like this. Everyone is like watching him to see what he'll do. And I think he's doing a lot of things to get a reaction like fucking pee everywhere. Yeah, and also they scoop past us pretty quick, but Jessup, the original sportscaster guy, he's there. Yeah. Like, Jessup is definitely looking to, like, make this work for him, too. Right. You know? So they wrangle him. He's like, oh, sorry. They wrangle him. They bring him inside. He meets Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel gives him 500 bucks. Which, I was like, hang on, hang on a second. Yeah. Okay, paying him $500, but he gives him an envelope of cash. Right. This is enabling behavior. Right. Number one. Number two is also, like, illegal. You know what I mean? But he doesn't have ID. They can't just, like, sign up for the direct deposit. I guess. And Kimmel doesn't know, I'm sure. But Brad should know better. You can't give somebody, like, do whatever you want. And he gives the money away immediately anyway. He gives it to the security guard. Yeah. As an apology for peeing on the sign. It just, none of it makes any sense. And Kai doesn't know how to look out for his own best interest. He needs that money. That's like food money. That's getting a place to stay for the night money. And Kai, he's just giving it away. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. Watching him spiral like this and watching the people around him just letting him do it. It's awful. Right. So it's 90 minutes before the Kimmel show. Oh my God. The fucking fuzz walks in. <laughs> Cops are here. It's chaos down I'm here, like, Tom. fuzz? No, I know. Jet McBride, who was the driver of the vehicle that smashed into Rayshon Neely, the pg worker, is in custody. And Kai was our key witness. The district attorney investigators didn't know where Kai was, but social media being what it is these days, Jimmy Kimmel tweeted, Kai the hatchet-wielding hitchhiker will be on the show. So... They left Fresno and headed on over to L.A. to meet with Kai. Jimmy Kimmel, that sweet, beautiful idiot, tweets that the hatchet guy is going to be on his show tonight. So the fuzz comes down and picks him up. They're like, oh, great. (laughs) But meanwhile, all the work that Lisa and Brad and Jessup have done to get him to the Kimmel show, it's been three days of pure fucking hell. Right. And now they're whisking him away before he even gets to go on air. Well, they bring him back in time. 
show. So they talk to him. Yeah. And we'll get to that later. Because it's like attempted murder and a hate crime yes. and all this shit. So, yeah. like, Kai has value. He's maybe the most unreliable narrator. Yes. They can talk to, but here they are. But they bring him back in time for showtime. And he does, like, this makes me so nervous. Because Brad, the producer, is like, look, everything I did to get him here, I did. But I have no control over what happens when he... Exactly! I know, and it's so... I was so... Because it's like some sketch where Jimmy's driving in a car, and it's a green screen, and he's he's like, I'm going to pick up the hatchet-wielding hitchhiker. Right, right, right. And then, of course, Kai, like, jumps on the top of the car. It's all live. And Kibble's like... Don't stand there. I don't know if the car gets more your way. Jimmy, like, I don't know what the tea is with Jimmy Kimmel, if there is any, but yeah. he handles this very well because he's pretty unflappable. A lot of people are calling you a hero because you did, you thwarted that, that crazy guy, right? Well, there's not so much difference between him and who they sell as Jesus anyways, is there? Well, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't, I haven't met him. Did he have a beard? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, he, he's, a, he's a fat, rich white guy. Now, um... You, you would also be unflappable. You are I'd unable be, to be flapped. I'd have a lot of fun hosting you a late would. night show, I think. <laughs> that oh, would be great. I would pick my band. It would be like Letters to Cleo or some like fucking, <laughs> yeah. with like Fiona Apple on the piano I wanna, If I could be like, I want to be a guest, but that night is the Indigo Girls. Okay, fine. That'd be great. They would be the musical guest. I would make oh. sure that they'd be the musical guest when you. Oh my God. That would be fun. I love living in a world where you host a late night show. <laughs> I kind of want to do it now. No. I would want to do it, but I can't stay up that late. They film at like, I like three two in the, the afternoon. afternoon. <laughs> what are you crazy? It's a perfect gig. So Kimmel invites him back the next day. So like to it, exploit him a little more, which I, guess. I don't understand because everyone's like it. Like he was crazy and totally unpredictable, but they're like, let's bring him back tomorrow and have him do movie reviews. Except they actually want him to watch the entire movie of Zero Dark Thirty. What? Now this is where I realize where it really hits home. He's not in on the joke. He doesn't get it. He uh-huh. doesn't. Get that he's famous. Uh-huh. He's not trying to take advantage of the situation. They're taking advantage of him. They're not laughing with him. They're laughing at but him. But also the people who are dealing with him like on the day-to-day are just frustrated. Brad's like, so we gotta do this movie review segment. Can you just watch the movie? And he can't focus long enough to watch the movie. He can't even watch the trailer. The two and a half minute trailer he can't watch. And like, of course not. Right. Because he doesn't care. Uh-huh. He doesn't want this. And they can't believe he doesn't want to be a Kardashian. I know. He cannot. <laughs> they can't understand why if this is like being offered to him why he wouldn't accept it. And it's like, fucking deal with it. Sometimes people don't want that. I agree. And also he needs help. And he needs help. And like, I don't know if there's going to be like an ongoing segment, but they do it once and they're like, never mind, bye. Because, and he does that thing where like, they're treating him like an alien and he is just taught, he's going on these rants about like the government and law enforcement. Zero Dark Thirty is about how we're being told to keep our bodies alkaline and being fed fluoride in the water. So if they would a chemtrail overside your house with scopolamine and try to get you all to act like zombies so they could slay y'all and take your houses, then that would be a good way of doing it. And he means it. Like, he believes it. It's important to him. And you just hear, like, laughing in the audience. And yeah. it's like... What are you doing? Well, but it's also a late night comedy show. Like right. they, they think he's even, doing a bit. Like, like no. it's just so bad. Yeah, that that did not land. So then he just like goes back to where he came from. He like goes back to Fresno. He all he wants to do is like surf and play music and skateboard. And so he just sort of walks away from the reality show thing. Yeah, and but so the, he's just like he's so famous now that especially like, in that t- he like went back to the scene of the crime. Exactly. Well, he's so, in Northern California you know, and like he's doing like music gigs places and. People are seeing him on the street, but the other, like, you hit the nail on the head because we see so much footage of people recognizing him and him being like, oh, bro, uh, if you want to take like 100 pictures, can you just buy me a bottle of that something? That was fucking so sad it's when he said that. It's brutal to watch because the, even the f- quote fans that are recognizing him are laughing at. At and they're just like, hey, smash, 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 yeah, smash. Yeah. And he's, at one point, he's like not even looking at them. He's like, Are you, can you buy me a bottle? Then you can take as many pictures as you want. And take they the don't do pictures. it. They just like, and, and then they get him to like, and we people say this later when it comes to the crime that he committed. But like, he goes from being kind of sad and kind of like quiet to like, they, he gets worked up. And then all of a sudden, he's manic. And he's uh, yeah. jumping up and, and down. Violent. And violent. And violent. Yeah. So he'll be like traveling. He's like traveling all over the country. And then he'll post uh, where he is. And someone will come and meet him and buy him things and pick him up and buy him drugs and buying booze and, and buying whatever. And it's usually women and it's so crazy. Like he just, like I'm on Facebook and I'm in your town and come and meet me and it's just crazy. 
So we're back in Fresno. It's three weeks after he goes viral. Yeah. And we're back with the cops, right? And so we're with, like, the car that was all bashed up. And the cops don't give a fuck that he's famous now. Yes. They just want to get to the bottom of it. And they're sort of struggling with the fact that, like, this guy is their key witness. Right. Because we're at the murder. The guy's name is Jet McBride, the six-foot-nine yeah. mammoth man who was, like, crashed into that guy because he's black and was trying to, like, choke that woman. The, ra- the murderous racist. The murderous racist. And so Kai is on the stand. He can't even like like doesn't know what hand to raise to swear in it's, yeah. it's just hard to watch yeah. but he sits down and we get a little bit more of the story of what happened in the car that led up to that guy driving into that person and pinning them against the utility vehicle so yeah like apparently there's more to the story what what is what comes out on the stand is that Kai and the driver were smoking weed together they were like in the car together Kai was asked if he rolled a joint uh, with Jet McBride Kai said he did And in my interview with Jet, he was suggesting that Kai made the assumption that they were both ghosts after they were smoking their marijuana. And Kai said, I bet we could drive right through that truck right now and nobody would even see us. He said to the murderous racist, I bet we could drive right through that truck right now and nobody would even see us. Yeah, but then also, (laughs) the driver is also racist and says, look, I'm Jesus Christ. I can get away with anything. I'm going to kill this black guy right now. Watch me do it. And also, on top of that, also, also, he is the driver is proudly confessing to raping a 14-year-old girl. Like, there's so much happening. And like you said, Kai is such an unreliable narrator. We're getting so many stories here at once. No one I don't know what to believe. And according to Kai on the stand, the fact that this driver proudly confessed to raping a 14-year-old girl, that is the thing that made Kai snap. Right. And so then he violently attacked this guy. And the violence, as we learn, gets lost because of, like, the you're worthwhile demeanor. Like, that's where we all first met him on the internet. Yes. That he's, like, giving all these people these affirmations. Where, like, the vibe was like, he's kind of crazy, but the good crazy. And he's harmless uh, and he's a hero. <laughs> but, like, you hear the story and you're like, wait a second. Yeah. Like, what, what exactly? So he knew this dude they were like smoking together right what exactly happened here and we don't really know because jessup like that news piece it makes it seem like kai was like walking minding his own business yeah saw this horrible thing happen uh-huh and then like inserted himself into the story to be a hero yeah. but he was there the whole time and we get even more information about the pot later yeah so we'll get there what happens is so kai hits him twice with the with the like blunt end of the hatchet like the yeah. handle Ugh. and then on the third time he uses like the enormous blade yes and that's where we get that really that insane photo yes and this is where more people are saying that like so like he really wanted to take it to an extreme violent point right right now again I don't know the adrenaline like you're trying to save a woman's life like yeah. this man is squeezing her to death right and maybe by the third blow the guy hadn't let go of her yet so right. I we don't get any information here but they are are reinforcing that Kai, though he did something heroic, also did something incredibly violent. Right. And that's where the high for him seems to come from. Right, because there, yeah, there's no, like, I can't believe I had to do that. Uh-huh. There's just a lot of sort of, like, happy-go-lucky, ne- like, he's giving affirmations right. after he, this horrible thing just happened. Yes. He witnessed, like, an almost murder, a definite hate crime, right. then another attempted murder, and that it's like, whoa. Now we're meeting Gabriel Francisco. Yeah, he's a lead singer of the of a band called The Redcoats. I actually looked up some of their music and they're pretty good. Okay. <laughs> <I know. laughs> well, Kai comes along and he claims that he's an accomplished musician. He's had offers from all these major labels, etc. Yeah, somebody asks this guy, Francisco, if he wants to do a show with Kai. And he's like, Kai, like, Kai, Kai? And he's not thrilled about doing it. But he's like, I kind of want the crowd that Kai would bring. And he's also like, look, I thought the guy was ridiculous. But then somebody played me some YouTube videos of his music and he like wasn't isn't that bad? He's a nice voice and just sounds like a campfire guy with an acoustic guitar. And we said yes because we wanted Kai's crowd. <laughs> we wanted who was going to come out to see Kai and then we wanted to kill it and win them over. I mean, that's what you do. It's like rock band, you know? You, you made 20 fans tonight. You made 50 fans. Maybe it'll work for, like, Kai can get some exposure and maybe yeah. get some music stuff. He can get the crowd, like, all good, And right? it's at a small, like, Fresno bar called Fulton 55. Okay. And we meet the manager, Tony Martin. Because Kai shows up for soundcheck and yeah. he's a fucking nightmare. He's rude to everybody. He's pissing everywhere. He's pissing everywhere. He's demanding free beers because he's Kai. 
And the guy's like, yeah, we don't do that here. And then like, would go, then Kyle I loved would, this manager, by the way. Me too. He was a very tight fucking ship. I love <laughs> I it. Because like how many of us have worked in like service industry jobs where the managers are awful? Yeah. This guy seems like he's got his staff's back because that's his big thing is like, don't treat my staff badly or you're out of here. And also I was going to say, how many times have you heard like, no, but I'm friends with whatever. Can I just have some free shit? <laughs> Yeah, it's not working and, with this manager. And the thing is, like, sometimes he can. <laughs> sometimes. depends on how you ask me. And exactly. if I know you first. Uh-huh. If my friend Carrie walks into the bar, she's getting some free shit. Of course. Obviously. But so this guy, Gabriel, the musician, says... We do sound check, and he was talking about that day. The day that we hit the man in the head with the hatchet. And in Kai's words, he's bragging. and says, oh, man, you know, this guy picks me up and I offer him a joint, and he can't even handle his shit, man, because, like... I had him a joint, but what he didn't know was it was laced, man. Kai just confessed something major. Right, because what Gabriel is saying is like, so just so I get this straight, he started a fire, put the fire out, and now he's a hero for putting out the fire. Because what he's saying is that like, so Kai gives the guy pot, the guy thinks he's just smoking pot, but it's laced with whatever, whatever. coke or crack or whatever it is. Then the guy does something crazy, is acting with like superhuman strength. Now he's being blamed for it, but really it was Kai who made that happen because he gave him the laced pot. And then he's the hero for stopping it, but he's made it happen. Right. And Gabriel's like, what the, I just wanted my band to get some exposure. And Gabriel's just like, I'm not here for this shit. He's like a serious musician. And the photographer's are like, Gabriel, get get next to Kai right. so that like when Kai gets even more famous, this will be like, you can say like, you have a picture with him. And, and Gabriel does, wants nothing to do with it. But then on top of that, Kai keeps talking. Yeah. He's going on and on and on. And then he starts talking about how Kai was raped by this older man. And how Kai is telling that story. Part of the story is that Kai said he, quote, had to take him out. And while Kai is telling the story that includes sexual assault and also Kai's violent reaction to it, Gabriel's like, you can see it. There was just a flash of this like super intense anger and rage. And then he'd snap out of it as fast as he snapped into it. And that is super valid if you've been through something horrible. But there's something about feeling very unhinged and uncomfortable being in this person's airspace. And this is when we now we start to learn more about Kai and the actual like abuse that he has suffered. Yeah. Because remember like this guy like we just met him in Fresno like maybe two weeks ago. We're like this whole story takes place over this three all months. just happened. And so we don't know really anything about Kai's backstory but we're about to get it. Right. So we go to New York City on May 10th, 2013. It's a little over three months since going viral. And the important thing here is that Kai makes a really disturbing Facebook post talking about the abuse he suffered when he was growing up. First memories, I was in a crib and family was fussing over me. But I kept getting told that, quote, I had a demon. I would get locked in a room for 20 hours a day with a little porta potty camp toilet in the corner of the room. Then after that, my mouth filled with hot pepper and soap for yelling fuck you at the top of my lungs. Signing off, happy Mother's Day. And he ends the post by saying happy Mother's Day. Right. He posts that on Mother's Day. And like, we don't know anything about his backstory yet, but now he's telling us he's been like severely abused his whole life. Right. And he told, so Jessup is back. We're going back in time a little bit. And Jessup's like, look... Kai told us about some truly horrible things that happened to him back in that very first interview. And I just want to say that, like, all of this has been left out. Jessup has known this the whole time, but yeah. now we as the audience are just learning about the parts of the interview that did not make it to air. Right. And that include his history of sexual assault and being raped. And as a kid, he would be locked in a cage. He was locked in, he lived in a cage for four years, and he says he was treated like an animal. Yeah. And this rape that he tells Jessup about is a different rape than we've heard than we heard about from yes. earlier. The first time he says he was raped he was 14 this rape happened when he was 17 years old and living on the street and then i thought okay when he's on the stand saying that this guy the murderous racist bragged about raping a 14 year old and that's what made kai snap like things are starting to fall into place a little bit exactly so we meet jeremy who's kai's first cousin so we go back to edmonton and get like kai's i'm like when are we going to meet his family and get some actual context here and now we're now we're here so he's from canada yeah and jeremy's like look we were like brothers like and he goes i know kai is caleb that's that's his his given name and you know whatever so on the first video Kai's like oh I don't have any family and everyone like is dead or doesn't care about me or I'm dead to everyone in my family and Jeremy's like wait 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 not to me yeah not at all and so Jeremy was like just it was heartbroken to hear that but Jeremy also confirms he's like growing up he was loud he was funny and mischievous very mischievous I was able to act like a boy 
and I was able to go outside and play. Caleb wasn't given that privilege. He was kept at home. His mom locked him in the room for quite some time. Jeremy's like, his mom tried to do that to me once. We ran the fuck out of there. Like, what is wrong with you? Jeremy confirms that Kai would get locked up yes, in rooms. Yes, And he goes, it was so sad. This is so fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. That, like, he could hear the kids still playing outside. Yes. It would be, like, summertime and 5 o'clock. And, yes. like, he'd have to be trapped in that room. And we also learned that at 13 years old, his mother had, like, had it with him and sends him to a place called Bosco Homes, which is, like, it's, quote, a home for troubled teens or kids from families who didn't want them. Fuck. Jeremy's also here to confirm the flashes of rage. He yes. would get super, even as a kid, of course, when he's being abused and treated terribly, these flashes of, of rage and anger, then he'd snap out of it very quickly. And now, fucking this bitch, Shirley, his <laughs> stupid fucking asshole waste of a human life mother is here. <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to feel about Shirley. <laughs> how fucking dare you lock a kid in a cage? What I know. the fuck is wrong with you? And, and, and she also has no remorse about it because she acknowledges, she, she says that all for his own good. She's like, I never locked him in a room except for when I would lock him in a room. Well, not in the bad. I didn't lock him in a room. Not in like bad, in the bad way. Yeah, yeah. Because she says, and like, I probably every parent, especially single parents, can relate to this. I had to put, uh, uh, f for a short period of time, uh, uh, the ability, uh, stop the ability of him getting out of the room too early because he was a free spirit and would get up earlier than I did and get into stuff that could harm him and being a responsible parent needed to not allow that to happen. And it was for a short period of time for his best interest and the safety, you know, of a little guy. Yeah, because God knows she can't fucking be awake before 8 a.m. She has to sleep in. Shirley, you suck. She surely totally does suck, but we are definitely losing a lot of actual con. Like, give me an example, Shirley. Yes. Are you saying, like, he would get up and, like, play with the blender and, like, that was annoying and so you Or are you saying he would get up and try to set the house on fire? Because that is an example that we get at some point. And instead of trying to help him, yeah. she threw him away. Exactly. But there's also, we just don't get any context. No. You know what I mean? And, like, he does end up murdering somebody, so, like, it is, you know, like he, like those impulses live within him. Right. So it's all bad. It's all bad. So now the Mother's Day post where he described all this yeah. happened May 10th, 2013. Yeah. Three days later, it's May 13th, we're in Clark, New Jersey. Yes. 73-year-old Joseph Galfi is murdered. He's beaten to death in his home. And he's a judge. He was due in court and he didn't show up. And so his friend, I'm like, holy shit, 73? Yeah. Jeez. And like the police get to the house because the clerk called and was like, ah, this is unlike him to not be here. They go inside. They The cops say there's no forced entry. Nothing is disturbed or ransacked. They go into the back bedroom and they find his body on the floor. He's just in underwear and socks and he's like lying in a pool of his own blood. Yeah. So that's where the they say the only like mess in the house is where the murder slash beating took place. Yes. So they look throughout the house and they find find a piece of paper with a phone number on it and yeah. the name is Lawrence Kai and they also find a train ticket from the day before. Uh, they also don't know who Lawrence Kai is so they give him a goog and they find Kai. They find <laughs> And Kai. they're like is this wait a second is that what police do? We don't know they who Google. This, we just give a goog. I guess. But also they're in New Jersey like maybe it didn't make I don't know. Yeah. Like it has been 3 months but things go viral and then they're not viral anymore. I'm not like, saying they should have no, I'm just saying it would seemed strange to me that like, that's what they did to figure out who Kai was. I should hope they Google. <laughs> I guess. At the very least. I guess. I guess. So they check the video from the train station to see if they can see this Joseph Galfi guy, the murder victim, and like who he was with. We don't get video right away oftentimes, but in this case we did. And in the video, you could see Mr. Galfi, and you can clearly see him purchase a ticket. And he takes the ticket and he turns and he gives it to somebody off camera. And you can see it's another male, longish hair, sort of curly, with a backpack, and they're waiting for the train to come. It's 100% Kai. I just spent 90 minutes watching videos of him. It's him. No, it's 100% Kai. So they're on the train platform in New Jersey and they hug Yes. and then they wait for the train to come together and like the train comes and that's it. So the cops are like, we need to find Kai because right. he was the last person to see this guy. And you know, they know that Kai had a phone, but they, the phone is dead. They release a statement to the press and now the press cannot believe it. They're like, because the, the press How did you not see this coming? And the thing is, all that anyone has seen on the news or in social media about this guy is the fun 
right. singing, dancing guy. So all of a sudden, when the the press were like, so there's a murdered judge in New Jersey, and guess who they're fucking right. looking for in connection? Well, I take it back. Maybe you didn't see this coming, but something not good was going to come of this. I mean, I think when we look at, like, Brad and Lisa and Jessup, how did they not see it coming? Because you know Kim, what I mean? Kimmel's guy is like, I can't believe this. Three months ago, I was I trying know. to get this guy on TV, quote, so we can all enjoy him. I know. And now cops are looking at him for murder, and I said, so we can all enjoy him? I know. What? I know. And, like, everyone, they, like, we got five minutes of round robin of, of Jessup being like, I should have seen it coming, but I don't actually think he would do something like this. And Lisa being like, ah, oh, he was at my house. I could have been killed. It's like, you all knew. Shut up, all I- of you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> like, I don't... I- <laughs> Shut up, all shut, shut, shut up, shut up, shut up. And the reason I, I mean, I would take issue with it anyway, but like yeah. we're almost at the end of this thing. So we spent 90 minutes with Lisa and fucking the Kimmel guy and all this stuff. <laughs> right. But now there's a murder and we don't get any answers. I know. So I really don't need to waste these last five minutes yeah. about their fucking feelings. I know. <laughs> like what happened? I know. I know. So now two days after this guy's body is found. Yes. Kai goes on Facebook and writes like a super horrifying account of just saying like, what would you do (sighs) if you woke up? And he describes basically like waking up after being being drugged, being drugged and raped. Yes. And so he goes like, like, what would you do? And so now like everyone looking back is like, well, this is pretty ominous. Like, I think we all know what he did. Right. Because like the news has reported that he's that like, they're looking for him in connection with this murder. Now he's saying I've done something horrible because once again, I was sexually assaulted. Right. So it only takes them a couple days to track him down. Cause he's like staying with like his quote, fans from Facebook or whatever. So by Thursday, May 16th, he's in Philly. An employee inside a Starbucks recognized him and quickly called 911. Police arrived. He was not there. Officers began to look in the immediate area. One officer went to the, took a chance and went to the Greyhound bus station, saw him in the waiting area, called for backup and uh, made an arrest. One of the cops like, why don't I check the Greyhound station? And he goes and finds Kai. Good job, everybody. Good job, Philly. Yes, I, I love Philly, by the way. Okay. <laughs> they always show up for like live they shows do. and they stuff. Do. They're they great. We love up. you, Philly. Yeah. So he's arrested, and we see parts of the interview, like at the down at the station. And he, I just gotta say, he looks so different. He does. He looks like he doesn't look like the same person at all. And he just he doesn't look well. No. He just doesn't. Right. But there's but like he's also speaking in this interview, which we see he's speaking coherently in full sentences for the first time in this entire documentary. Yeah. And he's like asking questions. Yes. You know. So this is the story he tells that he like runs into this Joseph Galfi guy in Times Square. Yeah. And Joseph Galfi's like like Hey kid, you know you look lost. Where are you going? And Kai says Jersey. And Joseph goes Oh cool, same. So he offers to get Kai some food and they get Italian food. They have some beers. Joseph wanted his beer in a glass instead of a bottle. Like well, all of these details. And like, because he's saying we're back, like the guy invites him back to his house. Right. Like, come and stay with me. Because they were both going to Jersey. Right. And according to Kai, this Joseph Galfi man pours Kai a beer. The beer tastes a little bit weird. And then all of a sudden Kai is super sleepy. So he goes to bed. Now he wakes up the next morning and he describes a metallic taste in his mouth. And there was, um, sorry, everyone. Yeah ejaculate on the side of his mouth. Yes. And and on his face. And I, I mean, this is according to Kai. This is according to Kai. And Kai's like, I didn't confront him. And he just like says, okay, like it's time for me to go home now yeah. because he needs to get out of there. So they go to New Jersey Transit. They buy Kai. This is where he buys is, Kai the train ticket. And, and he goes to see. Asbury Park to like meet fans slash friends. And they like hug goodbye, which everyone is all hung up on. Now, here's the, here's the bullshit that we're not going to do because the cops are like, you always want to know why he said he was sexually assaulted Saturday night. Sunday morning, we have him leaving and embracing his sexual assaulter. And then he contacts the person who sexually assaulted him later on that same day and comes back to Clark. And then later when he can't find a place to stay, he calls the guy and he goes back. We know that victims of sexual assault do yes. this yeah. stuff. Yeah. And like the cop was like, this is proof that the guy didn't sexually no, no, assault no, no, him. No, 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 and no, I'm not no, saying no. that the guy did. I don't know. But like, this is definitely not proof that he didn't. I uh, could not agree more. I was like, what, we're doing this? No, we're not. No. <laughs> not on no, the show. Not. Netflix <laughs> no. might try to pull some yeah. shit. Netflix, I'm sorry, you've been pulling some shit this whole I fucking know. documentary. Like, enough. <laughs> so, like. She's in a real mood, fam. I just. She's I'm, in a. 
real. <laughs> I don't understand. I know. I know. What we're doing. I know. So you know, yeah. So Kai's friend doesn't show up, and so he calls this Joseph guy back for a place to stay. Yeah. They had burgers, a few beers, and that's all Kai remembers. Well, because then he says he woke up the next day with his pants pulled down. Right. So now he's saying he was sexually assaulted the first night he stayed there and then he comes back again, once again is drugged and wakes up with his pants down and this is when he fights back. And I thought maybe there was a chance that like, because this is such a, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, like a triggering thing for him. Yeah. Because this has happened to him in the past and he gets very violent when he even hears someone talking about it. Right. That maybe he like went back with a purpose to fucking kill this guy. Well, the thing that we're going to learn about Kai is that he has like pictures of known pedophiles on him when he's arrested. Yeah. And he's sharing like articles on on Facebook saying like is it like being a vigilante to like hunt pedophiles is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah. So like we do know that Kai like did have that kind of feeling. Whether or not Joseph Galfi sexually assaulted Kai or not, if he assumed that Joseph Galfi was a pedophile, did he go there with the intention to kill him? Right. Kai also gets like quote wise in his interview with the cops and asked for an attorney yes. and so the cops end the interview and then Kai quickly is like is, uh, is the death penalty legal here New Jersey? Well, we're, um, okay, we're, we're done okay you asked for an attorney so we're gonna have to stop talking okay alright good luck is the death penalty legal here and they're like we're not telling you yeah the, they're, like, over. they're like you said the magic word lawyer yeah, so bye. sorry bye yeah Fuck. I know. So I looked it up. It's not. It was outlawed <laughs> in 2007 in, okay. in New Jersey. Yeah. But like, what a question, right? What a question. So they have all of this, you know, these posts about these vigilante killings and the, this list of known pedophiles and the idea of like, did Kai have information on this Joseph Galfi guy? Was he one of them? And is that why? Or we're here? did Kai, did he legitimately sexually assault Kai? Right. And you then, know what I mean? And then he came back. Uh, yes. Uh, of course. Of right. course. Of course. Yeah. So now we're in court. And they like, speed right through this. This is why it makes me. Why did we spend an hour and a half on the fucking Kardashian producer? I don't understand I it. And like the Jimmy Kimmel story could have been told in five minutes. I know. I know. Uh, so I know. The, God. It's, it's always the hand over the I, eye. Uh, are we telling the story or not? I know. Like, are we just going to tell like ma- then make the documentary about how how these people were exploiting him and like take them to task a little bit. Yes. Instead of there are like cute narrators like no. I know. So <laughs> Kai goes to court and the judge tells him like, look, you curated this image. I'm sorry. It's just uh, it's the hand over the it's, I, it's my favorite. Tell thing me that you I'm do. wrong. No, you're absolutely you're dead right. I can't You're handle it anymore. Right. So Kai's in court and the judge tells Tonight him. Tonight on Live with Julia Bezzaloli, <laughs> Lady Gaga. Ooh. Hey, Stephanie. Girl. So Kai goes to court and the judge tells him, look, you curated this whole like free spirit nonsense. Yeah. But the jury saw another side of you. You're this cold-blooded, calculated, callous killer. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a second. I think no nuance here. There's no like two, like what? And we don't get any of the evidence that was nothing. presented. We So we don't know what the jury saw. You and know? we also, like, so we spend all of this time with the reality people. And well, we should also say, Kai fully admits to killing the guy. Yes. He's not trying to say he didn't do it. He's just saying he did it in self... He's not even saying he did it in actual self-defense. He's saying he did it because the guy raped him. Right, of yeah. course. But, like, there's no... Like, we wasted all of this time, and there's no... We end with all of these questions. Like, yeah. no talk of mental illness, no discussion about, like, what drugs he was doing and how that can affect someone and, like, brain chemistry. Yeah. Nothing about that school he went to as a teenager. No accountability for the mother. Nothing else about like how did he get to where he is today. Like we didn't get the full. We didn't even get close to the full story. Yeah, you're sort of left feeling like Kai is lying about everything. But I don't know how. Ch- like we don't get. And any- I'm not saying I feel that no, way. I but know what you mean. You're meant to see, like in the end, Kai's like the villain, and obviously he murdered this guy. Right. But we like you're not like the the documentary doesn't have a point of view. It's not no. like you know this is what happened to Kai and this is what we think happened, and it's fine. To to sort of present all the evidence and let us decide, but you didn't. I have highlighted the stock sucks. I mean, I don't necessarily agree. Like, I I liked the documentary. I we went both of us went into this knowing it was super problematic. Yeah, and that a lot of people had a lot of like difficulty with it. I think going into it knowing that it was problematic and being able to watch it through that lens, yeah. I was able to experience it a little bit more right. and, and ask my own questions or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. So if you want, to, do you want to know about the murderous rapist? Yes. Murderous racist rapist. Yes. He is guilty of assault with a deadly weapon. He's serving. 
nine years in a mental health facility. And this is where we get a this, bomb. Right. This is major breaking news. That like, And this is how it ends. We get uh, on-screen text that the toxicology test didn't find anything other than weed in his system. Because remember Kai was like, oh, I drugged him and he couldn't handle right. it. No. Nope. He's just a crazy racist. Like, he's just a fucking racist. Yeah. But also, like, wait, what? I know. So, like, but <laughs> yeah. that was, like, presented as fact. Right. And then, like, this is a kind of a, this is a big deal. Absolutely. Like, Kai said a lot of shit on that stand. But we only heard that Kai didn't say it on the stand. He said it to that musician. So, oh, that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. we can't trust anything Kai says. No. And then we learn, like, it ends where Kai is serving 57 years in a maximum security prison in New Jersey. And all of his appeals are being rejected. And he just keeps appealing. Yeah. And that's fucking it. Netflix. I know. <laughs> what is going on? Oh, my God, girl. We did the hatchet-wielding hitchhiker. Wow. wow. What a doozy patoozy. Wow. <laughs> what? Fam, come see us on tour. We are having such a great time. We just did our sold-out show in Charlotte. It was incredible. We're going to be in Denver July 13th, Chicago July 15th, Washington, D.C. July 22nd, Seattle August 9th, L.A. August 11th, and New York City August 26th. Can I wear the same outfit at every show? Oh, I'm probably going to. Are you <laughs> kidding? Of course. Okay, cool. Also, I'm doing my traveling book party, fam. I'm going to be in Detroit and St. Louis, and I'm going to be in London on August 4th. Yes. Please come and see me. Go to patrickfails.com to get the rest of those dates. Go, 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 go. We love you, fam. We love you. We were mad today. I was going to say, like, kind of angry. I know. I know people don't like that, but sorry. No, it's, I think people get mad. I think they get on board. Okay, we'll see. All okay, right. thanks. Bye. <laughs> Maria Menudos was in my class. Oh, cool. So she's on TV. Who's that? Uh, she, yeah. Who is that? Is she? I, that name sounds very familiar. I just can't place her. That was just the way you said it. <laughs> I wonder, is there like a course in the voice or is it one Breaking week? News. Yeah, where it's like everywhere you go. Like, do they? Because I know it's a thing. They teach you. They teach you that. I just want to know if it's a full semester. The only other person in New York City who's in bed earlier than me is, uh, what's his name? Steve? No, who's the Tonight Show guy? <laughs> Fuck up the joke. <laughs> Your husband? No. Oh, my God. Why can't I think of his name? I've heard from parents that, like, if you're at the playground and yeah. your kid falls, the worst thing you can do is go, oh, my God, are you okay? Don't. Because then they see everyone on them or and they just start crying. if you're Steve and you're at the playground with me and I fall. Right, right, right. <laughs> that horrible woman, Cloris Leachman, made me cry. And then Lisa Gibbons was standing in line behind her at the concierge desk and said, I just want to tell you that you've been doing a very good job. That's very nice. She asked to speak to the manager. To tell That's the manager really nice. That's thinking. a really nice thing. She was really the nice. The best kind of white woman speaking to a manager. <laughs> Giving you your flowers. Be the Lisa you want to yeah. see in the world. Be the kind of Karen. <laughs> 